finishing our series on developing the foundations for divine exploits today. It has been a journey of five parts, and um, God has helped us mightily. And so I want to welcome every one of us to the closing session of this series. And those of you who are online, you are very welcome as well. And if you are listening to the message after the service, God bless you. But I want to say today that we are looking at the subject of faith. Faith. Probably the most important thing that God established with mankind. You see, we have been talking about divine exploits as the bold and daring feat that we are able to achieve orchestrated by God. We say man can do exploits. We explain this right through the series. Man can do exploits. We see particularly in the world of technology and science, medicine, and arts, sports, everything becoming more and more sophisticated, advanced. Today, our aircrafts virtually fly themselves. Pilots do a lot of work, but they virtually fly themselves with the power of the computing uh, uh, with, with the computing power that we have developed now as human beings. We have robots who do things. Artificial intelligence is threatening once again, like never before, is threatening humanity with the things it can do, the things we created with our own hands. We are threatened by them. So we can do exploits. There's no doubt about that. But you see, nothing can replace divine exploits. Divine exploits can only be achieved as God makes it possible for a person to achieve it. Every exploit that is on earth, whatever, however sophisticated the science is or the technology is, can be explained. By the time you drill it down, drill it down, drill it down, it comes to all the basic laws of science that has ever been established in time past. There is no new law again. But the divine exploits that God helps his children to walk in cannot be rationalized by the human mind. You cannot understand it. The Bible says God's ways are past finding out. They are the examples we saw in scripture where a man uses one stone to hit a person in the forehead, a giant in the forehead, and that giant dies immediately. A person who was guarded and covered almost all over. It's not, it's inexplicable. It's the kind of exploits we saw when Moses parted the Red Sea, hither and thither, and they walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. No science can explain that. No. I humbly submit to you that the power that has kept this church for 10 years, a church that started from just out of the word of commissioning of God, the word that was just spoken was just written upon, and everything about the church started speaking favor, grace, mighty impact from day one. For such a church to be and to still be today is not explicable by any human being. The kind of finances that this church operates is 10 times, if not 20 times, its capacity. How can a church of this size be talking of about 1 million pounds in the course of the 10 years, in terms of turnover, from the time we started from zero till now, it is divine. It is divine. It is the finger of God that touches the work and touches the lives of people in 
ways that cannot be explained. So I want us not to leave this series, these foundational elements of divine exploits today. I don't want us to leave them and just think that we have finished the series. I want you to go over them again. They are all on our podcast. If you have podcasts on your phones, tablets, download it and, and uh, make sure you subscribe to LiveGate Outreach Center. You will find them there. Or go to YouTube, LiveGate Outreach TV. All our series are there. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, LiveGate Outreach Center or LiveGate Outreach Center Live. My point is that when you revisit these words over and over again, you give yourself the opportunity to build on the word of God that has been deposited inside you to make the proof of divine exploits happen to you more and more. And God will be confirming his word in every one of our lives with signs and wonders following. In the mighty name of Jesus, never take for granted the things that only God can do. Man is confused today, saying, after all, there are many people who don't know God, who don't like God and curse God, and yet they do things. So why do believers always think that they are different? The truth is that man has been given a dominion mandate from the beginning. And that dominion mandate means whatever man can put his heads together, head together to think about. In the Tower of Babel, for example, man came, men came together and they said, let's build a tower. God did not send them. They said, let's build a tower. And they came together and they started building it. There was no trace of the fact that anybody has ever read anything about architecture or engineering or those things we know today should have been essential skills. But just by thinking and cooperating, they were beginning to build. And God himself said that this thing that they have started to do will happen if nobody stops them. But because they said they want to use it to make a name for themselves, God scattered their language and made it impossible. Another divine intervention of God. Because if man ever succeeds in building a tower like that, you and I would have had no chance today to be people who are named after the Lord. So God continues to work, and believers must understand the difference. We must know the difference. Those of us who are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people, who have been called to show forth his praises because he has called us out of darkness, must understand very, very well that he has specifically earmarked us to continue to remind the world around us that he exists, that he is truly the only one true God by whom all things exist. So man must never let go of him. But the greatest miracle of all is that he has saved us and redeemed us from darkness. And may that miracle continue to persist in our lives in the name of Jesus. The Bible makes us to understand in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We need to understand faith. If you want to walk with God, you must be able to see what you are hoping for. You must be able to see the evidence of the things that are not yet seen. It is very important. God works that way. He will say to his people, behold, forget the former things. I will do a new thing. Everything new is not been seen before. This is why he said, no, I have seen. 
nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Believers who only see today and what they can see right now can never please God. This is why when he called Abraham in Genesis 12, by the time he got to him in Genesis 13, he said to him, now when he separated from Lord, look, he said, as far as you can see, because right now you can only see where you are, but there is something I'm about to do that you need to see further than you can see right now. Faith is all about taking delivery of tomorrow today. And if you want to please God, you must understand that this is the way you must walk constantly. Now, God's word is eternal. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what God said yesterday that will come to pass tomorrow, if you haven't seen it today, you have to continue to see it happen tomorrow. Don't look at your not seeing it today and doubt God. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith helps us to understand the way God himself framed the worlds. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And in verse 2, the Bible says, and the earth was without form and it was void. Nothing to behold. The earth was without form and it was void. It means it was empty. And then God began to say, let there be light. And he began to bring those things that were not even though they, as though they were. He was calling out things that did not exist. God does not live in the realm of calling things as they exist. He calls those things. When he makes things, he allows man to name them. Every technology we are seeing today, just like when Adam was in the Garden of Eden and the goat was there, the sheep was there, the lion was there, all those animals were there. They were already there and created by God. God only gave man permission to name them. So don't get carried away when man is only naming things that God has done. He's only naming them. He creates an aircraft. Oh, he created it first. He just said, go and name it. Put it together and name it. There is no resource that man uses to produce anything today that has not come from the traditional and foundational resource of the soil, the water, the minerals in the ground. Everything organic as created by God originally. Have you ever seen man go to, uh, 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 go to outer space to go and dig up something, to come back to use it here to manufacture? No. It's all here in the earth. In the 1800s, the 19th century, in America, the Gutenberg Press was the talk of the town. They first, for the first time, they saw the, the opportunity of making newspapers. And that made a lot of sense because... People used to go from place to place to shout news and shout news. They still do it in some villages in some countries. You know that? They go from place to place. They call them town criers. <laughs> and they will shout, this is what the king said. And they go, go, go. So before, at times before the news spreads to the town, the news has already changed again. <laughs> so it was laborious. So by the time the Gutenberg Press came up and they, they were able to put things in print and distribute to people, it looked like a wonder. That lasted for about a hundred years. Then radio came. In World War II, there was no, there, there was just a little bit of television. It was mostly radio. 
radio. That was one of the reasons why the havoc that was done in, in Europe to those that were really oppressed by the Nazi government at that time were able to thrive for so long before people knew what was happening because there was no way to get the message out as we have today. Right now, in any country of the world, somebody does something, almost the whole world sees it immediately, isn't it? Things have changed. If it was like now, that kind of thing would have never happened. My point is this. When man moved from newspaper to radio to television to internet, and now we're talking about more sophisticated systems like artificial intelligence and so on, we need to understand that none of those things should ever make us think that we have become something. They have all been there. The only difference is that we have never ever been able to engage enough with the things that God has prepared. So as believers, we must never be moved. I'm making this emphasis because believers are easily moved when they hear and discouraged at times when they hear those kind of things. That why do you believe God when, of course, people who don't even believe God can do things? Any man who is in his right thinking sense can, can do things just from the nature that God has given to us. So let's not be moved by that. Faith is very important in the life of a Christian. Every Christian must develop their personal faith. I want to emphasize today, develop your personal faith. Over the last few decades, the world, uh, the, the Christian world has done a bit of disservice to discipleship in making believers very dependent on leadership. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not God's intention. God wants to relate with every one of his children one-to-one. And the work of leadership is to keep telling everyone how they can access God themselves and how they can grow in the work of, with God by themselves. We are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, not of works least any man should boast. Not of works. None of us did anything to, uh, uh, to um, embrace our salvation, to access our salvation. All we did is to embrace the free gift of grace and the free gift of faith which comes by the word of God. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says the grace of God for salvation has appeared to all men. Somebody say grace is universal. It has appeared to all men. Now, why is everybody not saved? I've explained this many times. Only those who hear the word of God, thank you. He has appeared to, that has bring salvation, has appeared to all men. All men, everybody. But only those who accept the giving word of God Thank you for that scripture. Who accept the giving word of God and accept the faith that it brings and access that gift of salvation by accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior can be saved. The Bible says, neither is there salvation. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other name whereby men can be saved. So Jesus Christ is the name that's been given above every other name. And when we come to accept that name by faith, we become saved. Our salvation is in the grace of God 
But at the same time, we must all understand. I wanted verse 12. Verse 12. Acts 4, 12. And our salvation is made possible because we believe God. Thank you. Let's read it together, everybody. Let's go. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. No other name. We respect every human being for whatever they believe, but that does not change the word of God. We do not condemn people who do not accept that name because he doesn't condemn them as well. The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, to destroy the works of the evil one, not to destroy people. He destroys the works of the evil one. The Bible says God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we don't condemn people who don't accept that name. We love them like he loved them also. Because we were also once like that. You, where did you come out of your womb as a born again child of God? If you did, we will have to check your own life. <laughs> None of us did. We all came to a point by faith. And then we access that grace that has been, that has been given for salvation and then we became born again. So I want to quickly tell us five things that we must know about faith if we want to walk in divine exploits. Five things. Number one, by faith we continue to enjoy our justification. Once we are born again, the Bible says we are justified. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. We are justified. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11. He said, but now no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. No one is justified by the law or of works like we read in Ephesians. In the sight of God. No one but the just shall live by faith. Every one of us the faith that brought us to salvation must keep us in understanding our justification. The justification of man means that God took away his sin and is no longer to be called a sinner. So when you pray as a believer, never say, Lord, I come to you as a sinner because you t told a lie yesterday or because you did something you know, that you knew was a sin. And then you say, Lord, I come to you as a sinner. You are no more a sinner. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are no more a sinner. You are a righteous man who is playing with sin. <laughs> you are a righteous man who is toying with sin. So when you come, you say, Lord, have mercy and cleanse me from unrighteousness. I've told you. Every time we lead people to prayer here, we pray two things intentionally. We say, Lord, I come to you today to make you my Lord and Savior. That is for the person who has never been born again before. He prays that prayer only once by faith, to make you my Lord and Savior. And then we always say, to cleanse me from unrighteousness. That is for the person who feels that they have gone away, they have become prodigal. And so we ask for a cleansing from unrighteousness. The same way the prodigal son came to his senses, the Bible says, and he walked back home. He said to himself, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough to spare? And I am dying here with hunger. I will arise and go back to my father and say, father, I have sinned. He didn't say, I will say to father, I am a sinner. He said, I will say to father, I have sinned. 
And then, of course, his humanity kicked in. And he said, and so I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And then the father put the what on him? The robe. The robe of righteousness. The symbol of the robe of righteousness. Every one of us must understand that we, as a people, must continue to defend our justification by faith. You will fall. I'm not cursing you. The Bible says if the righteous fall seven times, yet the Lord will restore him. He knows you will fall. He knows you will fall. As long as you live in this flesh, you now that is not a liberty to say, ah, Pastor, thank you so much, Joe. I don't know why I keep falling. I thought I had a problem. That is not for you to now go and be falling anyhow. <laughs> I didn't send you that kind of work. <laughs> Don't just start doing life anyhow. Say, ah, pastor say we can be falling. No? <laughs> he said we can be falling. So I don't, I thought it was, <laughs> no, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> you are doing everything. The Bible says, having done all, you stand. But you see, if you find yourself falling, pick yourself up again by faith and go to your father and say, father, have mercy on me. Help me to stand strong. Help me to stand tall for you. This is how we walk the journey of our justification continuously. We don't walk in justification by the flesh. You cannot cope with it. It is like a war. Paul said that I buffet my body. He said I discipline my body. What do you think he means by that? I make sure my eye is not looking at what it should be looking at. I make sure that my mouth is not talking what it should be talking. I make sure that all my body parts, which I don't want to mention, are not doing what they should not be doing. I discipline my body. I discipline my body. What does that take? By faith. By faith. Every day. I want every one of us to consistently understand that if we are going to live in our justification, then we must be people who live by faith. The Bible says, but the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Romans chapter 8, from verse 29 to verse 30. The Bible says, for them whom he foreknew, them he also called. And them whom he called, he justified. Hallelujah. He justified. He predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Go to verse 30. Verse 30, thank you. He said, moreover, them whom he predestined, he also called. Them whom he called, he also justified. And them whom he justified, he glorified. The journey between your justification and glory is a journey of faith. It's a journey you must contest for every day. Something is always trying to tell you, you are no longer justified. You are not qualified. And many people have given up on the race because of that. But the Bible says, as many that endure to the end they shall truly receive the eternal salvation. So every one of us must know the place of fighting for our justification by faith. Everything God has called you to to do means that he has justified you to do it. When God calls you into any aspect of ministry, the first thing the devil will tell you is that you too, you think you are qualified. (laughs) Of all people, you too. (laughs) You are not qualified. You are not qualified. Don't you know you have anger? Don't you know you have lust? Don't you know you cannot, you know, you can't stand people and so on and so forth? He will list many things for you. You have to say, no, I have been justified and I, am, and I have been glorified. I have been justified and I have been glorified. Every time you say that, what happens is that those things that the devil puts in your life to continue to accuse you start to drop off. They start to drop off. 
When that woman caught in adultery was brought to Jesus, the Bible says Jesus looked up after he told them to throw the stone and they all walked away. Remember in John 8? The Bible says Jesus looked up and asked them. He said, woman, has no one condemned you? The woman said, no one, Lord. And the next statement of Christ is very important. He said, neither do I condemn you. Only go and sin no more. I am not here to condemn you, but go and sin no more. Hallelujah. Every believer must contest for his justification by faith. I want us to know, anytime we hear faith in our modern Pentecostal world, most times it is about the name it, claim it, grab it, and and possess it. (laughs) Which is true, but it's not the whole thing. The, The faith really is about how you maintain your salvation. So justification is important. Then number two, very close to that, by faith we continue to experience the righteousness of God. The Bible says we have been made the righteousness of God. If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And then the Bible says, and he has made us, we have been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17 to 21. We have been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. But I want us now to read Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. You see, the righteousness of God that we have become is our new state, is our new status. When we were sinners, we were not, we were unrighteous, we were unsaved. But when we become saved, we become the righteousness of God. Paul said, let's read it together, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes for the Jews first and also for the Greek or the Gentiles. Number 17. Let's go to 17 very quickly. Everybody, let's read 17. Let's go. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You see, the righteousness of God is that is revealed from our faith to faith is what we also know as our holiness. Our righteousness is a status we acquire at salvation. When we got saved, we became the righteousness of God in Christ. But you see, in our faith walk, the Bible says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So as you grow, what God does is that he reveals his righteousness to you some more and your holiness continues to appreciate. This is why the Bible will always say, be holy as I am holy. That is measure up in holiness as I am holy. You are the righteous, no doubt. But you see in your, people say, what's the difference between righteousness and holiness? Are they the same thing? They are one, they are two of one, but they are separate. Righteousness is a status you acquire at salvation by faith. But your holiness in God can go from faith to faith. That is, as you walk by faith with God, you see more of his righteousness and you embrace it. You see more of his patience, you embrace it. You see more of his purity in terms of thoughts and the way he thinks and reasons and forgives and he's able to walk in compassion and love and you embrace it. And the more you embrace it, you are being changed from glory to glory as in a mirror. 
as you look at the word of God, you see the righteousness of God. When you embrace it by faith, from faith you grow to faith. So your faith should not just be about growing from being able to believe God from 50 pounds to be able to believe God for 5,000. That is what people have been taught. When they say, I now have big faith. When I was very young, I had faith. I can only pray for God to give me so-so amount. But now I can pray. You know what? That is not the growth of faith. The growth of faith is much more about you moving in the righteousness of God, looking more like God on a daily basis. That is the work of the believer. The more you look like God, the more you think like God, the more you speak like God, the more you act like God. Every time I want to speak now, especially if a situation confronts me and is provoking a reaction, I take time to ponder, how will God speak in this matter? Those days we we used to say WWJD, what would Jesus do? But this is how we have to measure our faith because we are still battling against the works of the flesh. Galatians 5 tells us this very clearly. And every day we will continue to make sure that we put the flesh under and reason more like God. So every one of us must be people who are continuing to experience the righteousness of God. Number three, by faith we live above pride. By faith, we live above pride. Pride is the sin that destroyed the devil or Lucifer and sent him out of heaven. Every time, every, ever since then, the devil himself has been using pride to discourage more people and to disconnect more people from God. Because the Bible says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If you want to be somebody who would work with God successfully, you must know how to overcome pride. But look at what the prophet Habakkuk told us in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. When you are a person who lives by faith, you will continue to find the strength to overcome and resist pride. I have said to you in life, the higher you go, the stronger the battle of pride, the battle against pride. The more God blesses you, you don't know how proud you can be until certain blessings come your way. Until you have the capacity to determine the fate of men. That is when you know you can be proud or not. When you have no money, you you will be humble. (laughs) You will be humble. But when you have a million pounds sitting in your account, (laughs) and somebody talks nonsense, how you can still resist the temptation of telling that person off? Is that time is when you know that you have overcome pride. But look at what the prophet said. Habakkuk 2.4. He said, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. When you are a person who has faith in God and faith in the word of God, every time pride is trying to afflict your soul, to motivate you to wrong action, to give you the power to tell somebody off or to do something that is of a prideful intent, it is the faith that you have in God that cautions you that you will not do that. You will not speak that way. You will not react that way. I want you to know very well that God's intention is for you and I to keep growing and advancing in this life so that we can truly shine the light some more. However, It's not his intention that he allows pride to to destroy us. So we have to be people who walk with him by faith continuously so that we do not give room to pride. Pride 
is a killer. The Bible says pride goes before a destruction. It goes before destruction. Everyone who wants to walk with God and achieve and attain with God must be somebody who learns how to deal with pride continuously. I learned something from my late biological father uh, of blessed memory now. You know, my, my father, he could relate with anybody. He could relate with anybody. He was, a, for his time, he was, you know, he was, he was an elite for his time. He was an academic. He was very sound, very brilliant man. Had scholarship from age 15 through to PhD because he lost both of his parents when he was only 15 years old. One died when he was 12. The other one died when he was 15. So he was an orphan and he had siblings. And he charted the course of life like that. God found him very early, so it helped him and his faith was solid. But one thing I found, despite this man attaining all the things he was able to attain in his time, he was the simplest soul you could deal with. He could sit with those guys who many people, his class, as it were, in quote, would not relate with. He would sit with them for the sake of influencing them for the gospel. Not because he wants anything from them. For the sake of helping them to embrace the goodness of God that he has found. He could sit with high-placing people. One of our ex-head of states in my home country, Nigeria, was, was his classmate. You know, he had people that were very, very high, highly placed, more highly placed, as it were, in society than he was. And he could, I found if he was in such groups, it meant nothing. He flowed very easily. If you took him from there and put him among those guys who had never been to school, who were very rough and talk vulgar and talk things, somehow he still finds a way to still maintain some kind of, you know, being with them just to be able, because they had a lot of regard for him. But at the same time, I found that he was able to influence them because of this great grace of being humble and resisting pride. Many people are limiting their lives today because of pride. Many people would have gone much further in their walk with God and even in the status of life, but because of pride. So you have to walk in by faith. The Bible says it is the soul of the upright that it is the soul of the proud that is not upright in him. But those who are righteous, who are the just, they must live by faith. The battle of your mind to make you proud and arrogant is a constant one. You have to fight it with the word of God by faith continuously. And I pray God will continue to help us in this way. In the name of Jesus. It is faith that will help you to know how to keep quiet. When pride says you have to talk, you have to react. It is faith that would help you to forgive when pride says, who are you to forgive that person? Why should you forgive them? They wronged you. You have been good to them. You have been kind. You have done everything. It is faith that would tell you that the faith you have in Christ is bigger than anything that any man can do to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The day I found in scripture that a good name comes from the Lord, I said, Lord, I have no battle again to fight with anybody who is trying to smear my name. You can't spoil the name of a person who has been given by God. <laughs> You can't. I just found that it just keeps you humble. So you have no need to try to defend your name and protect your name. Hallelujah. Number four. By faith, we continue to wait on God. This is very important. By faith, we continue to wait on God for his intervention. And also for the second coming of Christ. Believers must be reminded every day that this world is not our home. 
everything will pass away one day somehow. It's either you meet, you, you, you go before the Lord comes or the Lord comes to meet you and take us home. One of it will happen, the Bible has promised us. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 37. It is by faith we will continue to wait on God to see to his promises. Hebrews 10 verse 37. He says, for yet a little while, and he who is coming, verse 37 and 38, Hebrews 10, please. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Is there anyone here who is waiting on God and trusting God for a particular manifestation? And it looks as if things will not change because everything around the circumstances just are speaking facts that look as if nothing will change. I'm sure there is one situation or the other you can find in your life or in the life of somebody you know like that, that you are standing with them. The Bible says for yet a little while, a little while. When the Bible talks about little, don't try to calculate it. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't try to calculate it. Little with God, I have seen, can be one minute. It can be one year. It can be 10 years. It doesn't matter. It can be 15 years. It can be 20 years. It doesn't matter. As long as you know that he who is coming will come and will not tarry, you are able to walk by faith and take delivery of those things that have been promised. Verse 38, he said, now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But if anyone does what? Draws back. My soul has no pleasure in him. That my is capital M, which means that it is God. God does not like people who draw back. The Bible says, because we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but we are of them that press on to the saving of the soul. Many more believers should develop their faith in believing God. The devil can manipulate situations around you. He can. He can make it look as if you are a failure. He can. He can make it look as if it is impossible for you to achieve the things that God has said you will achieve. He can. He controls the elements of this life. That is why when they were crossing the lake in Mark chapter 4 and, and, and there was that strong wind that was blowing and it looked as if their boat was going to capsize, Jesus came and said, peace, be still. He spoke to the elements that were controlled by evil to try to make those people afraid that they would not cross to the other side. And what was Jesus banking on? Before they started that journey, he said to them, friends, let us go over to where? the other side. So it's already spoken. It is already determined. Everything you have read about the promises of God in the word of God, they are the things that are waiting for you on the other side. I said they are the things that are waiting for you on the other side. As you journey, if the winds are blowing and those things are tumultuous, don't draw back. Don't go back to the seashore. The promise is on the other side. Keep pressing by faith. The same way Jesus said, peace be still. And he spoke to the wind by faith, and the winds obeyed him. They obeyed him so dramatically that the disciples that were with him said, What manner of man is this? Even the winds and the seas, they obey him. Do you know something? That is what God wants you to be generating as a testimony. When your colleagues see you say something, and you, they say, What manner of man is this? As you predicted it, as you predicted it, it has come to pass. 
What manner of man is this? You are able to hold steady despite the challenges coming to you. What manner of a couple are these that they are able to have this situation that is so defined and yet they press through and they got to the other side? What manner of a man is this? What manner of a woman is this? What manner of a child is this? Don't look at your children where they are today, no matter their journey, no matter where they are. Don't look at where they are today. Look at where God said they will be. Keep focus on where God said they will be and go to sleep. You talk to God. When he comes, one here is, is shaved completely. The other one is grown like this. And then the back one is with braids. Say, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> Son, you are on the journey to eternal destiny. God is taking you higher. Or it could be daughter. It doesn't have to be son. At times it could be daughter. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid by those things. Don't be moved by those things. I don't, I, I don't look at what I see today in anything. No, I don't. I don't. The day I met my wife in 1992, that almost 31 years now by God's grace, when I met her in May 1992, May 7 exactly I met her, I saw God said to me, that very day God said, you have found yourself a friend for life. May 10, I proposed to her. I said, let's get married. Now, don't go and do that if you are young. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a formula for everybody. I'm not saying it's a formula, but I saw it. I saw it, and to the glory of God, 31, almost 31 years later, we've been best of friends of life. Hallelujah. Faith makes you take delivery. I stood there on May 26, 2013. God said, look at that building. It is available. Go and take it. And as soon as I saw it, everything leaped inside me to say, go and take. That is this building. Go and take it. Go and take it. Nobody starts a church plant with a building like this. Who does it? You don't start a church plant that you don't have members. It's not a branch of another church that they will give you money to go and start. I have a lot of friends today that have planted churches when they are living from a parish of one of the big establishments. You understand those kind of churches? Big, big churches with little, small, small denominations inside them. You know, they can give them money. They say, take this 20,000 pounds, go and start. I didn't have that kind of backing. I just had God's backing. God's, God just said, go. And I went. Hallelujah. And that is all you need in this life. Hallelujah. <laughs> when God say, go, you do what? You go. Jesus said to Peter, come. When he said, if it is you, bid me to walk on water. Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out and he began to do the seemingly impossible. Hallelujah. So faith makes you take delivery of what God has said will come to pass. Never, ever let anything discourage you. So when God said we should move, we moved. And as we moved, I started to find that in life, when you move in the direction of God, because God is calling you to that direction and you are stepping out by faith, every other element of forces of nature, they back you up. Because you are on an assignment for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you love your wife, as the Bible commands that a husband should love his wife, you find the wisdom of God, you find the favor of God, and you find good food following you. In the name of Jesus. I just wanted to add that one. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when you submit to your husband, you find good clothes. You find, is that not true? When you submit to your husband, you find good clothes, you find jewelry, you find those things following you. You'll be saying, ah, ah, it's enough now. <laughs> It's enough now. But you are doing what God said. And then he's mobilizing the resources of heaven to help you. Hallelujah. Just walk in the wisdom of God every time by faith. Don't give up. The interventions of God 
are coming on a steady basis to help you. I say God will help you in the name of Jesus. Some of the mistakes we make in life is that at times we want to help God. Don't try to help God for anything. I have never used anything to try to prove a point to somebody that, you know, I am walking by faith. That is a mistake some believers do. They want to try and prove to their family or prove to friends that they are walking by faith. So they start to do things that are not steps of faith, but they are more of steps of greed, arrogance, somebody just trying to prove that is not faith at all. You understand what I'm saying? Don't go and buy what you cannot buy yet. No, don't, don't, don't. Wear what is good for you. What is the point of you wearing a, 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 an apparel, shirt, dress, whatever it is that you need to wear? And in your mind, you are thinking, I have not paid for this thing. When am I going? You can't enjoy, I don't know if you enjoy such a thing. You can't enjoy it. Or you take 4,000 pounds to say, I want to go on holiday by force. And then you take your card, you tell them to swipe it. When they swipe it, and then you are lying down at the beach, and then you, ah, you say, this 4,000 pounds. <laughs> you have finished the purpose of the holiday. Because you are supposed to go there to relax. So that's not faith. That's not faith. So let's get it right. If, I'm buying, if my car there costs me the money that I am sweating to, to pay for, every day I'm driving it, I'm saying, Lord, this is everybody. <laughs> No, but when it is done by faith, it is sweet, it's enjoyable. I say, hey, Mercedes, he says, how can I help you? I say, sweet, <laughs> because I paid for it. <laughs> it's sweet. If not, if he says, how can I help you? And I'm still owing so much. I say, get out of here. <laughs> Don't help me anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told you how Siri wanted to interpret tongues for me one day. I was praying. I don't know what I said. I must have said, hey, Siri, in my tongues. And then he said, mm-hmm. how can I help you? You know how he talks. He said, how can I help you? I looked at it. I said, this thing wants to try me today. So I continued speaking in tongues. And then I noticed, you know, it does a text of what you are saying. Have you noticed? If you are saying something, it will text it out to be sure that you are. He started ty- trying to type the tongues. So he was typing QRFSS, all kinds of things. He was typing it. I said, I was watching and continue praying. I said, what you will do today? I want to see. <laughs> so at the point, he said, I cannot help you. I said, you better not try. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, thus says the Lord. <laughs> will, that's the last day I will use that phone. <laughs> I thought he would just say, okay, now thus says the Lord. Ah. <laughs> My phone, no way. Don't do that. (laughs) Siri, you are not permitted to do that one. Hallelujah. But you know, you enjoy things if you walk in order in step with God. Go your size per time. Okay? Stretch your faith by all means, but go your size per time. Whatever he gives to you, enjoy it for that moment. Enjoy it for that moment. And God will be glorified in your life. In the name of Jesus. The fifth thing I want to say very quickly before we close this is by faith we understand that our elders did well by God. We are going to be, throughout this year, we are going to be learning from what the Bible calls our elders. Hebrews 11 verse 2, he said, For by it the elders obtained a good report, a good testimony. We are going to be learning from the journey of our elders in working out exploits. People like Abel, people like Enoch, who the Bible says just walked with God and God took him 
How can you walk with God to such a degree that God does not allow you to die? How can you walk with God to such a, a, a point like Moses that God will make you die, die and bury you by himself in a place that nobody knows? Human beings like us, men like Elijah, who, by the Bible says, even though he was a man like, of like passions, he said there should be rain, and there was rain. He said there should be no more rain, and the rain stopped. He said, how can you walk like that? So every one of us must understand the testimony of the elders and to continue to believe them. David, Moses, Jacob, these are men who walk by faith. They please God and they walk in divine exploits. Hebrews 11 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Every one Christian must understand that if you want to please God, you don't please God with anything else but your faith. You please God with your faith to believe him. You please God with your faith in everything he has asked you. Last week we looked at sacrificial lifestyle. Do you know that you cannot please God in a sacrificial lifestyle if you don't have faith? That is what Abraham had, that he was able to take Isaac to the altar. Some of us think that those of us who are giving our time to serve God in different ways is because we have time. No, it is faith. It is faith. We do things by faith. You serve God by faith, believing that he has you backed up and he will help you like he has promised. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. And anyone who comes to God must believe that he is truly a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I believe God is calling us to a realm of divine exploits. Let's keep walking by faith to the very end. I say, let's keep walking by faith till the very end. You will be tempted to be discouraged, especially as the economic pressures continue to soar. Yesterday in this place, we needed to buy these cylinders to refuel, uh, to to make sure that we are okay. Where we used to go and buy, we took about two or three empty cylinders there, and they said, we can only sell you one because it is in short supply. And so they are selling one per customer and uh, this and that. And you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a sign of the times. It is a sign of the times. So nobody will promise you that, nobody should promise you anywhere that things are going to be better just on the surface of what politicians will do and the economists will do. But everyone who fears the Lord will tell you that the just who have always survived and lived by faith will surely come through these difficult times. I say you will come through these difficult times in the name of Jesus. Take steps of faith. Take steps of boldness. Take steps of courage. Don't hold back anymore. From next week, as I said, we start a brand new series that will help us to see how men and women like you and I walk by faith and they walk in divine exploits. They did things that contemporaries could not achieve. We will learn from their stories some more. We will draw strength from it. And then we will live out the faith that God puts in us, even as we make those studies in Jesus' name. Nothing will stop you anymore. I say nothing will hold you back anymore. In the name of Jesus, everything called fear in your life dies today. In the name of Jesus, rise to your feet and listen.